You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. God wants his people to prosper, and I believe that he's anointed me to help you to prosper, to go from one level to another level all year, and we're going to break poverty and lack and scarcity, unfulfilled desire over your life. It's going to take you to another level of abundance in God. Come on, take this journey with me. How to win our prosperity edition 2024. Are you ready to break free from the chains of anxiety, stress, and depression? Mike Moore, author and founding pastor of Faith Chapel and host of the How to Win podcast, is here with his new book, Help, My Mind is Under Attack. Learn how to overcome attacks on your mind and live an emotionally healthy life. Grab your copy now, available as ebook on Amazon and paperback on MikeMoore.com. Embark on your journey to complete mental health and emotional peace. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. I am so happy to have you with us today. We're in my prosperity edition of How to Win. Listen, I realize that prosperity in the kingdom is comprehensive. Man has five basic needs, spiritual, mental, and emotional, physical, relational, and financial. But in my How to Win uh, Prosperity Edition, I deal with financial and material prosperity. And I believe that increase is flowing to you right now. It's going to be a blessing. I'm going to begin a new series today entitled Lacking Nothing, Lacking Nothing. The series theme is Living Life as God Intended. I'm excited about this series because my pastor, Michael K. Moore, who is the pastor of Faith Chapel, taught us this series not too long ago. (laughs) So I'm excited about sharing with you some things that we've learned. And then I want to share with you some things that God has taught me over the 42 years and eight months that I pastored. Now, I believe that I'm anointed to help you in this area. In fact, God spoke to me and he said that he had given me an assignment to generate finances for the kingdom. Now, as a pastor, I would minister this revelation that God gave me to my local church. Once I transitioned out of pastoring, I did not retire. Now, God has released me to share what he's taught me to the whole body of Christ, to the world, to you. I believe that if you're in business or you're in ministry, you're a pastor or parachurch ministry, you're going to need financial resources to do what God has called you to do. And I've been sent to help you have those resources. So I want 
want you to go through this whole journey with me uh, this year, and I believe you're going to be blessed. Let's talk about lacking nothing. Each one of these lessons, and this is a four-lesson series, each one of these lessons have a subtopic. So here in lesson one, our subtopic for today is a life without lack. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine having a life without lack? A life. I mean, the entirety of your life without lack. So let's let, allow me to give you an introductory statement, uh, an introductory text, and then we'll get into the, this issue of what is lack. And we'll also talk about God's will seen in the New Testament. We'll talk about why believers lack, and we'll talk about the believer's responsibility. So God's will, make a note of this now. Make a note, mental note. If you can put it in your cell phone or, or, or whatever you, how you take notes, make a note of this. God's will is that you lack nothing in life and always have more than enough. Always. Now, in my uh, Tuesday podcast, I'm doing a series uh, called The God of Abundance. Oh, you want to get that? This is a companion uh, series to that. But it's God's will that you lack nothing in life and always having more than what you need, more than enough. Psalms 23 is a background text that we'll begin with. In the Good News Translation, Psalms 23.1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Now, I, I look at look up these verses in different translations, and, and I often go to the Passion Translation. I enjoy how the Passion translators uh, translate Scripture. So in the 23rd chapter, same verse, verse 1, in the Passion Translation, it says, Yahweh is my best friend. I love that. Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. I love that. You want me to say that again? I'll say it again for you. Yahweh is my best friend. Is he your best friend? Yahweh is the Hebrew word for God. Is he your best friend and my shepherd? I always have more than enough. Come on, say that. I always have more than enough. Will you say that one more time? I always have more than enough. Now, let's dive in. We're talking uh, from the subject, lacking nothing. Our uh, main topic, subtopic today is a life without lack. So let's answer the question, what is lack? What is it? You know, I'm into definitions. I'm into words because defining words help you and I to get on the same page. So I have three uh, definitions of lack. Lack means to be in need, deficient, or short. To be in need, deficient, or short. Lack, secondly, means something is missing, 
is something is missing. And then third, a lack means to fall behind or come up late. It's never God's will for you to fall behind and come up late. God doesn't want you to fall behind financially. He doesn't want you to fall behind in your relationship. He doesn't want you to fall behind in paying your bills. He doesn't want you to always be paying late on your bills. No, lack means to fall behind and come up late. In Luke 15, verse 14, in the Amplified Bible, we have the, the uh, prodigal son, a certain man, the, the parable says, had two sons. One of the sons, the younger son, came to his father and said, Father, give me the portion of goods that come to me. Even before you die, I want what belongs to me. And the Bible says that he took his inheritance and went out into a far country. The 14th verse, Luke 15, 14 in the Amplified Bible says, and when he had spent all he had. Now notice in this foreign land, he spent all that he had. A mighty famine came upon that country and he began to fall behind and be in want. He began in this foreign country, he began to fall behind and to be in want. I want you to notice carefully that he, he did not fall behind. He did not enter into a want state or a lack state until he separated himself from his father. When he was connected to his father, there was no lack in his life. I think that's true today. I believe that when we're separated from God, separated from his thinking, separated from his way of doing things, we come up short. We fall behind. We experience lack. But it's not God's will for you to lack in your life. It is not. Regardless of what you're experiencing, you may be coming up short. You may be falling behind. You may be deficient. You may be in need. There may be things missing right now. But if you will listen to the word, meditate on the word, embrace the word, act on the word, I promise you on the authority of scripture that the spirit of God will break the power of lack over your life. In fact, I pray that for you right now. I break the power of lack over every person listening to me uh, right now in the name of Jesus. Now, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. I'm establishing the fact that lack is not God's will for your life. I gave you an Old Testament text, Psalms 23.1. I could give you other Old Testament texts, but I want to give you three New Testament texts to see as a New Testament believer, you're a Christian, you're a New Testament believer, that even in the New Testament, we see that God did not intend for his people to be in lack. In Luke 22, 35, Jesus 
is speaking to his disciples. He sent them out by twos. He sent them out to minister. He gave them certain instructions about what not to take with them. He wanted them to learn to trust God. Now, listen what he says. He asked them a question in Luke 22, 35. I'll read it to you from the NIV translation. It says, Jesus asked them. This, the, them is those who he has sent out, the 12 apostles. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without purse and bag or sandals. In other words, when he sent them out, he said, now, don't take a money bag. I don't take any extra clothes. Don't, don't, don't do that. I want you to learn to trust me. He said that when I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? He's asking them a question. Did you lack anything? When I sent you out and I told you, it, you got to trust God. He said, now, did you lack anything? Listen to their reply. Nothing they answered nothing. They said, we lack nothing. When you sent us out and, and all we had, all we had was our trust in God. We discovered that our father, God was big enough to take care of us. And we lack nothing. And that's our series title, lacking nothing. That's one proof text. Let's look at another New Testament text and see God's will for our lives. In the modern English version, Acts 4.34, there was no one among them who lacked. Now, this is... This is in the church age. This is after the day of Pentecost. The, the apostles is preaching. The word of God is going forth. Lives are being changed. Great revival is moving out in Jerusalem. And it's going to spill over into Samaria, into the uttermost parts of the world. But we have a text in Acts 4.34 that lets us know what was happening to the believers economically. And there was no one among them who lacked. Notice the Holy Spirit clearly says, among all those people who were believing, there was no lack. For all those who were owners of land or houses sold them and brought the income from what they what was sold, and they were sharing with others because it was God's will for them to not lack. Let's look at our third witness in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Every word is established. We're establishing from scripture that it is God's will that you never lack, never lack. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 11 through 12 in the New King James Version. See, these podcasts are based off biblical principles. Now, I know when it comes to, to prosperity, let's talk prosperity, and let's talk uh, mental, emotional prosperity. I have a new book out entitled Help My Mind is on the Tag. Help My Mind. You can go to MikeMoore.com and order that book. Well, that book is a Bible-based approach to mental health. 
Now, there are other ways, other things that you can do as it relates to mental health. But what I was offering and what I'm offering is a Bible-based approach to mental health. Well, in this series, this, this prosperity edition, I am offering a Bible-based approach to financial and material prosperity. I know that there's a natural side like saving and budgeting and investing and negotiation and all those. And maybe we'll talk about some of those things down the road. But right now I'm offering a Bible-based approach to financial prosperity. I'm establishing that it's not God's will for you to experience lack. And I'm going through the scriptures giving you proof texts. I gave you two, Luke 2, 2235, Acts 434. And now let's look at our third proof text. I want to look at it, the same text in two different translations. In 1 Thessalonians 4, chapter 4, verse 11 through 12 in the the New King James Version, it says that you also, Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica, he said that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside. Now, he said that you may walk properly toward those that are outside. So he's writing to the church. He's writing to believers. He's writing to Christians. And he's t- giving them instructions on how they, they can operate properly toward those who are unbelievers. That's who he's talking about when he said those that are outside, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, unbelievers, the unsaved, and that you may lack nothing. Now notice he says that you may lack nothing. Now we see a natural side to this. I said there's a natural side to financial material prosper. He said work with your home hands. So a, a, a healthy, a excellent work ethic is important in prospering in the kingdom. But notice the end result is that you may lack nothing. Now, let's look at 1 Thessalonians 4.12 in the New Living Translation. Let's just look at the 12th verse. He says, then people who are not believers will respect the way you live. You know that's true. You know that Christians, you and I, believers, we should live in such a way where people respect us. They may not agree with everything. They may not even believe everything we believe, but we should live in such a way where they respect us. I believe that if we'll pay our bills on time, if we'll have integrity, do what we said we're going to do, operate with excellence, have our excellent work on our job, even if people don't want Jesus, even if they don't want Christianity, even if they don't agree with us, they should respect us. They should respect how we work. They should respect how we treat people. They should work. They should respect how we submit to authority. 
They should respect how diligent we are in our assignments. They should respect us. He says, then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on others. Now, that's the will of God. Now, sometimes when we come into the knowledge of the will of God, we may be living outside of it. We may not be measuring up. So I'm not teaching this to make you feel bad about yourself or to be. No, no. I mean, I'm sharing with you so that you'll have faith to come out of that situation. I don't want you thinking God wants you to be in that situation. No, God wants you in a position where you will not need to depend on others. Will you say I receive that? Come on. Will you say I receive that? Let's shift right now. Let's go to something else. Why do believers lack? Oh, this is so good. I'm enjoying this myself. Man, I'm getting so excited. I guess I get excited because I've seen what this word has done in my life. Yeah, I've seen what it's done in my life. I remember when my wife and I uh, was first married and and how we were struggling. No, we could pay our bills and nobody was calling us on the phone, uh, wanting us to pay this and pay this and we behind this. No, no, but but that's all we could do. That's all we could do was pay pay bills. And we, could, we couldn't go out, couldn't take real vacations. And we would dig in between the seats of our car and dig in the sofa trying to find money to go out and eat. And, 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 and sometimes we wanted to give and, and, and we, we didn't have but a little to give. And I wanted to buy things for my wife and I'm, I'm holding my uh, face about to burst out and crying because we're in the store and I can't afford to buy anything. So when I see what God has done in my life, I see what God has done for me. I believe this. I believe it. I seen what it done for my church and how it took us from a state of borrowing as a church to a state of not owing anybody anything. I mean, just totally debt free. I've seen this. I know that the word of God is the answer. I know it will help you. Now, let's talk about why do believers lack? And I'm going to answer why. uh, Let's talk about the not why they lack. Let's talk about, so I get that out of the way. Well, believers lack not because they're sin in their life. Now, sin can create lack. The prodigal got over into a sin state and he ended up in want. Okay, that's it's possible. But for the most part, most people are not experiencing lack because they're sin in their life. In fact, there are many people in the body of Christ who love God, who committed to God, who have have separated themselves from uh, the world, as it were, in terms of how they live with a new uh, mindset. There are people who have turned their back on the world. They walk in with God. They don't want the world. They love Jesus. They work in the church. They volunteer 
here in the church. They are committed to, to serving people. I'm talking about good people. So there are good people. I mean, really good people with Jesus in the heart, full of the fruit of the spirit. And yet when they look at their lives materially and financially, there's just a lot of lack. Okay, so let's push that off the table. Most people in the world, especially in the body of Christ, are not experiencing lack because of their sins. I believe there are two major reasons. There may be others. There may be others. But I believe that there are two major reasons. And I know personally, this is why I experience lack. I know why I experience lack. And I experience lack, especially for these two reasons that I'm getting ready to mention. Most Christians, this is my opinion, and I know it's true as it relates to my past experience. Many Christians experience lack because of two primary reasons. Number one, a lack of knowledge. And number two, normalization. A lack of knowledge and normalization. The process of normalization. I'll explain that concept in a moment. Now, you understand lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people, notice not unbelievers, not the uh, sinners, non-Christians. He said, my people are destroyed or cut off by lack of knowledge. That's in the Bible. In, in Isaiah 55, it says, my people, Isaiah 5, it says, my people have gone into captivity because of a lack of knowledge. So God attributes his people being in bondage and coming up short and missing stuff in life because of a lack of knowledge. It doesn't, he doesn't say because I'm perfecting them and I'm, 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 I'm developing them. No, we come up with those rationalizations. Okay, we, that's us. God doesn't say that. He said, my people are destroyed, cut off. They, they're missing things that I want them to experience because of a lack of knowledge. There were things, and don't tell me, don't tell me, uh, you know, it was sin in my life. I know that I had, I had turned my back on the word. When I got saved, I got saved. I really got saved. I really got saved. Okay. So I wasn't dabbling here in the world and in the church and in the church living just like I did. What? No, 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 no. That didn't happen. Yet I was struggling big time, and much of it was because of a lack of knowledge. I didn't know what the word said. Nobody had ever taught me that God did not want me to experience a lack. In fact, my religious environment, really, it actually, uh, uh, <laughs> it enhanced my unbelief. I mean, it really did. Not intentionally, but my religious surrounding did not communicate that God wanted me to prosper or that it was not God's will for me to lie. These things that I'm teaching you on, on my Tuesday podcast and my Thursday podcast, the God abundance, I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know God was a God of an abundance. And if he was, I didn't think he cared about me like that. I didn't even think that material things was on God's agenda when it comes to his children. I thought it was all spiritual. 
all of it. And that's what I've been taught. In fact, it sounded to me like if I had anything and if I was rich and prosperous, that meant I had to have done something wrong. That's the environment that I came, the religious environment that I came out of. So it was a lack of knowledge. I, I didn't know what the word says. And then secondly, normalization. Many people are experiencing lack because of normalization. What do you mean by normalization? In sociology, normalization is the process through which ideas and behavior that may fall outside of social norms come to be regarded, regarded as normal. I said it again, then I give you another definition. Normalization in sociology is a process through which ideas and behaviors that may fall outside of social norms, that which is normal, come to be regarded as normal. Here's another definition. Normalization means ideas and actions that were unacceptable come to be seen as acceptable and become taken for granted or natural in everyday life. Now, I give you I give you a classic illustration. And here again, I'm not trying to debate anything. I'm not even teaching on this. Same sex relations. Same sex. In other words, men are having sexual relations or romantic relations with other men, and women have sexual relations and romantic relations with other women. Same sex relations at one time was unacceptable. Okay? But through a process of normalization, that which was unacceptable has become acceptable. In other words, we are being normalized because on every sitcom, every commercial, now we're seeing uh, same-sex relations and we're being introduced over and over movies. Uh, on social media, we see same-sex relations and it's constantly being put in our face and it's strategic. Now, the Bible does not normalize same-sex relations. It does not normalize it. But in our society, it's been, it's an intentional process of it becoming acceptable in our psyche by introducing it and communicate it on an ongoing basis. That's what normalization. Well, I believe lack has been normalized. The Bible does not say lack is acceptable, but it's been normalized. And as it relates to our subject, I struggled with lack for many years because I thought lack was normal. Yes, I did. I thought I thought lack was just a part of my growth. It was a part of my uh, my destiny journey. It was inevitable. And if you think lack is normal, like I did, I did, you will tolerate it. You will embrace it. Lack is a normal part. Listen carefully. Lack is a normal part of the life of the unbeliever. It is not 
normal for a Christian to experience lack. It is an abnormal lifestyle. Lack is in it. When you study the Bible and get in the Bible and let the Bible be your God, you will see that lack is out of bound for the believer. It is an abnormal lifestyle. It is not consistent with what God wants to happen in the life of the believer. You said prove that. Well, John 17, verse 14 through 17 in the authorized King James Version Jesus is praying what we call the high priestly prayer or his final prayer before going to the cross. He says in his prayer, I have given them thy word. He's praying to the father. I've given them thy word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil in the world. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Saint set them apart from the world through your truth. Your word is true. He says, now listen, Father, I'm praying for those that, that you've given me. And I'm not just praying for them right now, but every person who will believe on me through them. He said, I'm praying. He said, now I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but I am praying that you keep them from the evil in the world. The world has hated them the same way they hate us. So there are going to be people who are going to persecute you. When you believe the word, there are going to be people who are going to ostracize you and call you a false prophet and all this kind of stuff. He said, that's because they are not of the world. And he said, now I want you to do this, Father. Separate them. That's what sanctification means. Separate them from the world through your truth, through the word, through the Bible. Separate them. Your word is the truth. Now watch this. Jesus never experienced a lack in his earthly life and ministry. Show me. Show me in the Bible where he was walking in his earthly ministry, not on the cross, but his earthly ministry where he couldn't do something because he didn't have the money. He couldn't go here because because he couldn't have the money. He couldn't pay his taxes because he didn't have the money. Show me in the scripture where he, he didn't have enough to, to have groceries. He didn't have enough to pay his, his utilities. He did not have uh, uh, enough to, to, to do anything in life because he just couldn't afford it. Show me in the scripture. It's not in the scripture. There's no lack in Jesus' life. And he said, those who follow me are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Well, if we're not of the world, just like Jesus is not a world and he never experienced lack, then we shouldn't be experiencing lack. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your needs. So let's close this, this lesson out. This is a good lesson. Ooh, come on, put it in your chat. This is a good lesson. Come on, say this is a good lesson. Come, come on, come on, put it in your chat. Say that this is a good lesson. Well, let's look as we close. Lesson one. Let's look at the believer's responsibility. James 4, 7 tells us the believer's responsibility. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let's look at this. We're to submit, and then we're to resist. Submit means to yield to the revelation. Yield to what we've taught. you got to yield to that. You can say, well, I don't believe that. Well, all right. That means you're not yielding to this. Yield to the revelation that lack is not God's will. Agree with God 
That's what submit means. Don't argue. Don't debate. Don't make any excuses for lack. Listen, when I, I was a pastor and I'm struggling with lack. And it would have been easy for me to just, well, you know, the Lord is testing me. No, no, no. I didn't make any excuses. I knew from studying the word that there, I shouldn't be experiencing this. God did not want me to experience I knew it. I knew it. I didn't argue. I didn't call in. I don't agree with it. I didn't debate. Listen, if you don't believe it, you don't have to debate it. You don't have to argue it. Just don't receive it. Because listen, I'm your friend. I'm here to help you. But don't argue with the truth. Agree with it and then resist the devil. Resist lack. Stand up against it. That's what resist means. Stand up against it to oppose it. How do you resist lack? You resist lack through your thoughts, your words, and your actions. Say that. I resist lack through my thoughts. I resist lack through my words, and I resist lack through my actions, my thoughts, my words, my actions. I resist lack through my thoughts. I cast down every imagination, every mental image or mental picture, every thought that tells me I'm going to always be struggling. I resist that thought. Any thought that God is testing me and God is perfecting me and God has me in the wilderness right now, I resist that thought in the name of Jesus. It is not God's will. God is not trying to perfect me through that. God does not have me in the wilderness. If I'm in the wilderness, I'm in the wilderness because of a lack of knowledge. It's not because God wanted me in the wilderness. When they were in the wilderness, Israel in the wilderness, that wasn't God's will, God was going to take them right through the, in fact, they could have been in the promised land in weeks. They spent 40 years in the wilderness because of unbelief. It wasn't because God was perfecting them and God had a reason for them. No, resist those thoughts. Resist thoughts teaching that, oh, that prosperity, that's of the devil. You got to resist that. Anybody telling me that God doesn't want me to prosper, God don't don't care about my life, I resist that. I'm not going to accept that just because you are reverent. I'm not going to receive it. You have to resist that thought. Then you have to resist with your words. Don't talk lack. Death and life is in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18, 21. Matthew 6, 31 says, Jesus said, take no thought saying. He said, don't take the thought and say it. What shall I eat? What shall I drink? Don't take the thought and say it. I can't afford it. I can't do this. I can't give this. Shut up. If you can't speak the word, don't say anything. Don't talk about what you can't afford. You can't give. You can't tithe. You can't do this. I can't pay my bills. I can't. No, 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 no. Jesus said, don't take that thought of insufficiency and say it. Because when you say it, you're releasing your fear because that's what it is. It's fear in something that God didn't say. You're, you're releasing faith. That's a name negative faith in what God didn't say. Nowhere in the scripture does it say God said you can't afford it. Nowhere in the scripture where it said God said you can't. No, he said you can all do all things through Christ. Nowhere in the Bible where it say you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't have this. You can't go here. You can't do that. No, that's the devil playing thoughts in your mind. So you can't say it. When you say it, you give life to it. And through your actions, you got to meditate the word, give what you have. Don't wait till you have an abundance. Give what you have. Uh, 
pray for seed to sow. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse 10 says he gives seed to the soil. Believe God for seed to sow. Practice excellence. Excellence produce increase. Practice it. Be on time. Don't be procrastinating. Stay up on your project. Be consistent at work. You have to add some actions. So you resist with your thoughts, your words, and your actions. Listen, I'm out of time. I'm out of time, but listen, I got more to say to you. I got a lot more to say. We're talking about lacking nothing. And in this lesson, we talked about our subtopic was uh, a life without lack. And that's what God wants for you. A life without lack. This is for our lesson series. So we got three more lessons to go. Uh, I, I listen, go back, go to MikeMoreMinistries.com, uh, YouTube, download the Mike Moore Ministry app, go back and meditate on this lesson. And then in my Tuesday podcast, I'm talking on the God of abundance. Get that and listen to that and build your faith up. And then you can call forth your desires. Listen, I got to go. I got to go. I love you. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Are you ready to break free from the chains of anxiety, stress, and depression? Mike Moore, author and founding pastor of Faith Chapel and host of the How to Win podcast, is here with his new book, Help, My Mind is Under Attack. Learn how to overcome attacks on your mind and live an emotionally healthy life. Grab your copy now. Available as ebook on Amazon and paperback on MikeMoore.com. Embark on your journey to complete mental health and emotional peace.